Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin with you for The Everlasting Word. Now, today we're going to be in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, the book of 1 Peter deal, deals with overcoming suffering. And suffering is not a very popular word in the church today. But if we're going to live for God, if we're going to be sold out for Him, we will suffer for Christ's sake. And there will be a lot of times we don't understand our suffering. We can't make any sense out of it. Now, if you remember last week, the message was on when Jesus was walking on the water and he appeared to them, to, the, to his disciples uh, during the midst of the storm. Now, the disciples found themselves in a situation that was just absolutely out of their control. They couldn't do anything about it. And there's times that we find ourselves in our life in situations that's just out of control. We can't make any sense out of it. Any, any and everything we try to do, it ends up, it's almost as if we take one step forward, we end up taking two steps backwards. And <clears throat> it becomes discouraging. And sometimes if we're not careful, our faith will fail. But then we have to ask ourselves, well, when, when we find ourselves in situations where it's, everything's just out of control, what do we do? How do we handle it? Well, <clears throat> in 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter gives some very good instructions on how to handle suffering, on how to handle things that are out of our control. What do we do? Well, if we look beginning in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, we'll read through verse 10. And it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And lastly, verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now, Peter gives some very good instructions here. For he says first in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Now, <clears throat> humility is against this old sin nature that you and I have. It, it is in conflict. Humility is in conflict with this sin nature. But Peter instructs us to humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Now, what does that mean to humble ourselves? Well, what it means to humble ourselves is we need to learn when we do humble ourselves, 
under the mighty hand of God. We, we will learn to pray effectively and fervently. Our prayer life will get stronger. Our prayer life will get more intimate with our Lord and Savior. Our prayer life will get deeper. We will learn to cast all our cares upon Him. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but we will learn... <clears throat> complete and total dependence upon our Lord and Savior. For Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Without me, ye can do nothing. And the other thing in humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God is we learn to get ourselves into the meat of the word. We get off the milk of the word, but we get into the meat of God's word. We we submerse ourselves more in his study. We get deeper and we, we long for his word. We desire his word more. And it becomes a point where we need God's word like it is that we need air to breathe to survive in our life. For spiritually, if we're not getting in on the meat of the word that we're starving ourselves to death. So Peter instructs us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, I struggle with this last phrase here that may, that he may exalt you in due time. And when I read that, I think about my parents. When my parents were living, I didn't know what I had. I didn't realize the parents that I had. I took them for granted. I really did. But when mama and daddy passed... I began to sing their praises. I began to tell people what an inspiration my mom and my dad was to me, how, what they taught me, how, how they encouraged me, how they brought me up right. They, they brought me up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and they cared for me. They were great examples. And, and since their passing, I have exalted them beyond measure. So, at the point in time that we become exalted, I, I don't know. But if we humble ourselves and we're really in God's will, will it really matter to us whether we're exalted as long as we're in God's will? I don't, I don't think so. But then verse 7 tells us to cast, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, a lot of times we want to equate whether God cares for us based on our circumstances. For just because we're in what seems like a bad circumstance does not mean that God doesn't care for us. A lot of times we can't see the big picture. We can't see how God is working through a circumstance that we may be in. All we're focusing on is ourself. And a lot of times we're not looking at the big picture. For Paul pinned down that he was persuaded that nothing, nothing would separate, could separate him from the love of God. Paul did not equate his circumstance that he was in. For Paul at times, had been stoned. For Paul at times was shipwrecked. For Paul at times there's a, he was in jail. All kinds of things that happened to him. But Paul said, I am persuaded, I am convinced that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. So our circumstance that we're in does not equate, does not equal whether God cares for us. <clears throat> for if we're going to cast all our care upon them, that means we have taken our pride 
and we've cast it aside. And that's what we need to do. We need to take our pride and put it aside and cast all our care upon him. And then we go on in verse 8, for Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, if we really meditate on this verse, it really ought to scare us to death. It really ought to scare us to the point that we will do what Peter says in verse 6, to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But we don't want, we want to dismiss the fact a lot of times that we're in a spiritual warfare. But friend, we are every day, those of you that are trying, that are truly born again and are trying to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in his paths of righteousness for his name's sake, you are in a fight, you're in a battle, and we will be in that fight until the Lord takes us out of here, either through death or through the rapture. But see, what does it mean to be sober? Well, a definition for sober means to behave in an orderly manner, be sound-minded, be self-disciplined. Now, what does it mean to be vigilant? <clears throat> to be vigilant is to be carefully observant or attentive on the lookout for possible danger. Now, as we see here in verse 8, that we have an enemy, we have an adversary of Satan. But the thing is, if we, if we were really honest, what we really want Satan to do is to leave us alone. Just leave us alone. But see, if, if Satan were to leave us alone, that's a pretty good indication that we're out of God's will, that we're not pushing forward. We're not, we're not pushing toward that mark. We're not going toward that mark of, of eternal life in Christ Jesus for that, for that prize that Paul talked about. For if we're not going against the grain, the grain, if we don't have any resistance, if we don't have any opposition, that's a pretty good indication that we're out of God's will. But I know we get tired. We really get tired of fighting the same battle over and over and over. But if we are trying to live for Jesus Christ, we have an enemy in Satan and he wants to get us off track. He wants to, he wants to discourage us. He wants to get us to the point where we, we will throw our hands up and quit. And the thing is, <clears throat> Satan knows, but if we read verse 8 again, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's sizing all of us up. He's looking where our weak spot is. He's looking to see where to attack. And notice that he seeks, seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say whom he may injure or whom he might discourage or whatever. It says devour. In other words, destroy. And friends, there's a lot of us out there that if we don't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we are, we are really skating on thin ice of Satan destroying or devouring our lives, just completely ruining our lives. But then we go to verse 9 where Peter writes down, whom, whom being Satan, Resist steadfast 
in the faith. He just doesn't say resist in the faith. He says resist steadfast in the faith. Now, here's what the mistake I've tried to make over my life and things like that. I tried to resist him myself, but it says resist him in the faith. Well, what does that mean to resist him in the faith. What that means is that we get on our knees. We learn to pray, like I mentioned earlier. We learn to pray effectively. We learn to pray fervently. And we get deeper in our study. We get off the milk of the Word and we get into the meat of the Word. We resist Him in the faith. We completely trust and depend on the the Lord Jesus Christ, that faith that He's given us that we can have the strength and we can have the endurance to resist Satan and and, and, and we will learn to, to learn, as Ephesians chapter 6 talks about, to put on the full armor of God. But then he goes on in verse 9. He says, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, a lot of times, friends, we feel like we're alone. We feel like we're the only ones going through this. But Peter points it out that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. If we're trying, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're trying to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan is coming against you. He is afflicting you and he is buffeting you and he is warring against you. He knows right where to push your buttons. But the only way that we can be, have victory in our life over that is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But then in verse 10, it says, but the God of all grace, not the God of some grace, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. And immediately the question is, well, how long's a while? We don't know. But it says, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. You know those songs that we would sing when we were little children? He's still working on me. Well, He's still working on me, and he's going to continue to work on me until my faith ends in sight. So we must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, cast all our care upon him, resist Satan in the faith, not according to our own strength, not according to our own will, but in the faith. And there will come a time that the God of all grace will have us complete have us strengthened, and have us settled. Now, isn't that something wonderful to look forward to? But we must follow Peter's instructions here when we find ourselves in situations that are completely out of our control. Now, that's today's message. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been a help to you. This is Joel Martin.